Welcome to my podcast series on Get a Grip of Mindfulness. I'm Lorraine Rooney, Wellbeing and I, and my background is practicing and teaching wellbeing. I'm a therapist helping people with anxiety and depression. And today's episode is Get a Grip on Fear and Being Addicted to It. Such a challenging aspect of our humanness, fear, and something I'm sure we would all love to get a grip of. So listen to this podcast on my own experiences and how mindfulness has helped me understand myself more and how you can get a grip too. Fear. Okay, topic. Yeah, looking at getting a grip on fear. So I think fear is probably what led me into mindfulness It's uh, for sure. Um and it's uh, something we can we all experience and live in. And I wanted to really do a topic on this um, because no matter what's going on in life or in your life or outside of your life, it's always there. So it's something that um, I wanted to do an episode on. And I really looked at the aspect of uh, can we get addicted? And is this a strange concept or is it a thing? Okay, so what is fear? Um, I'm sure you've all experienced it uh, and had an extreme level at times in your life, even um, experiencing fear every day. But there are different levels, you know, sometimes we're right up there um, and sometimes we're, it's an underlying aspect. So um, I looked at, uh, you know, I, I wanted to look at this topic and really go into it in a little bit more in depth. So, so I hope you enjoy this anyway, but um, is fear addictive? Well, uh, there's a doctor called Dr. Marx and he claims fear is at the root of most addictions. And I think he's probably right. Um, fear drives us into, into doing things that we may not, um, that aren't maybe healthy for us. We make a lot of, um, rash decisions in fear. So that can get us down into a path that maybe we didn't really want to follow. So you see, fear is natural. It is built in. Uh, it's a built-in emotion that warns us to respond to impending danger. It is, uh, uh, it is much different than the, you know, the self-imposed imaginary fears, which means the ones that you think up. And he also says that some people get so excited by the sensations of being afraid that they can become addicted to it. I sort of get that because it's a bit like a drug. I'm going to go into that a bit more, but fear is addictive because it causes us to live in a state of constant overproduction of adrenaline. There's the drug. Um, along with cortisol as well, if you've heard of cortisol, the stress hormone releases at the same time, uh, which like any chemical can be a habit forming uh, practice. Um, and when we, we are afraid, we're usually in the future, in our heads, and therefore we're not present. Okay, so maybe the danger that that we or the fear that we're feeling is not present. It's future danger that we're worrying about. So this impacts our thinking and decision making in negative ways, leaving us uh, susceptible to intense emotions and impulsive reactions. Which I said we often can make the wrong decisions. Well, I say wrong. I don't want to say wrong. What I want to say is we may not make the best decisions in fear um, for ourselves, and we may have to undo that when we're out of fear. So it's not seeing things as right or wrong. It's just, is it the best thing? Um, uh, And to be honest, 
most of the time that we make these decisions in is not real danger. So we, we don't really have to make a decision in real danger. Our body will take care of it and our mind will take care of it. But most of the thought of fear, we won't make the best decisions. So let's look at how we experience fear then. Maybe we should go into that a little bit more. I wanted to to, to open that up and can we be, um, you know, can uh, experiencing fear can be a very extreme, overwhelming, uncontrollable emotion. You know, it goes through our body like a drug. You can feel it in every cell and the brain feels like it's just going to stop working, um, like it might just explode or pack up. Uh, you know, the mind and body go into, with extreme fear, go into freeze. And you may not, you may have heard of fight, flight, freeze. You know, it comes from the fight, flight, and then freeze. And whether you are aware of that, um, you know, it is a stress response and freeze can be considered as shock. So we go fight, flight, freeze, which is shock. And many of us rarely experience the freeze reaction on a daily or weekly level. Okay, so freeze isn't the most... Uh, consistent aspect of our fear, uh, response to fear. Uh, it's not every day or weekly and it's, um, you know, it's it's not an everyday occurrence uh, because we need, um, we need to be in extreme danger really to go into this phase. However, at some point in our lives, we will have experienced freeze for sure. You know, this may have been in our childhood or our adulthood or both and it's likely we could experience it again at some point in the future. Um, which creates fear of experiencing that, but we can't live in the fear of something coming, or can we, or do we? Um, but that extreme fear is uh, the freeze response is because we've experienced trauma, okay, um, a traumatic event. Um, and we go into freeze as a protection to protect the body. Um, so the body goes into protection mode and the heart, our heart rates uh, slow down, our breathing slows down. Also, our memory uh, can be affected to leaving us struggling to remember the experience, which is a protection and that's okay. You know, we might not remember all the details. Um it's an experience when we feel powerless to help ourselves. It becomes too much. And so the brain shuts down. A little bit like what I said earlier, you know, it, it, it feels like it's going to pack up, but, it you know, it, it does shut down. It's in, And it's important to remember that freezing is an unconscious defense mechanism. And in that moment, it's offered, um, it's giving us the best chance of survival. And that's really what our body's doing. It's, it's not something we can control and we don't necessarily need to because, it's an inbuilt mechanism of protection that uh, to help us manage something that is some, uh, yeah, an experience we can't actually comprehend at the minute. It's just all too much to take in. And that, that sort of makes sense. So when our bodies come out of freeze, um, ideally we process this emotion. So um, we may shake, cry, collapse, exhaustion. Remember, this was shock. Um, and that's why if you've ever learned first aid, you're, 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 taught how to manage shock um, because that's what happens we, you know that the body's going to have to react from it at some point it's got to go somewhere um, when I studied uh, for my EFT training my emotional freedom techniques I remember watching a video of an animal experiencing this it was really interesting that you know they'd gone into shock um, and then froze at, like stood dead still and then just lay on the floor and 
what happened was they released the adrenaline from their body by shaking. The whole body just started to shake. And once this is processed, they got up and went on with, with their daily life and as okay as though it hadn't happened and carried on as uh, again. So their instinctive biological bodies did the work for them. You know, they have the, the, their conscious brain, I suppose, is the subconscious brain would be different to ours, but their body, their instinct, their biological aspect, their, their natural being their, that was able to manage it. You know, um, so... However, humans don't always do this, um, you know, as our thinking mind, our conscious mind can become aware of the experience and be fearful of it happening again. Uh, and so, you know, we do remember it and uh, or some of it and the emotions don't get processed afterwards. We, we bury it and that's a, that's okay. It's, you know, it's been buried somewhere in our subconscious, but that's for protection and that's okay. Um, you know, it's not like we have to, realize it's happened and then try and manage it let the body do what it has to do um it's natural at the time to do this because we're unable to cope with it at the time it's so overwhelming the thing is though we will experience this fear in the future at some point again not necessarily because an event happens what i mean is it's it it could be triggered by an everyday thing and it comes back up and this is where we can then begin to be aware of it and work with it and process it this is what mindfulness has done for me. And this is what, how I, um, I, you know, I, I'd like to get across in my teachings that this is where we can manage it from now as an adult or a year on or a few weeks on or a few months on or, or however long it takes to, you'll see a repetitive, when you become aware, you'll start to see a repetitive aspect in your behaviors that is highly likely coming from fear and has been triggered. So mindfulness teachings give us this understanding and ability to work through it, albeit I know it's not very nice and even that's underestimating it. You know, it can be extremely unpleasant and if we do not feel ready to manage it or we don't have an understanding of it, we don't know what it is, we'll bury it again and that's okay because we're not prepared to manage it, it's too overwhelming. So just by learning mindfulness doesn't mean suddenly I'm going to clean my uh, my house out of all these fears, i.e. my brain, my subconscious, and be okay and floating around like a very happy uh, butterfly all day. It's not about that. It's just that it will come up and it will come up in time and, and you manage it from there. However, if we work through it, when it does come up, we'll release it and uh, it becomes uh, we become more peaceful. So when we work on these trapped frozen emotions that we have um that get triggered by general daily stuff we allow them to come up and we and they pass we're processing them uh if we don't they go back down that's okay uh, we'll get another opportunity but we as that happens during a uh understanding of ourselves our mindful journey we become more peaceful less fearful we heal our bodies and we're we're doing it in a safe place because we are in the present and we're not in that moment again we're not physically there so we can trust ourselves that we're in a safe place and allow the memory and the feelings to process so when we relive something yes we'll feel it but we're not physically reliving it so we can work in a safe place with ourselves to try and process that um, you know, I work with people on one-to-ones and try and work through some of these aspects and, and keep them, we stay in a safe place, we stay calm and we allow the processing of, of it to happen now. 
And I totally understand how challenging it is and why most of us don't want to go there. Um, and over the years, we've, you know, it's taken time to pro process my own traumas through mindfulness, through my mindfulness practice, my understandings, my teachings, um, and also my own and learning EFT and doing EFT myself and also inner child therapy, which um, I've done. Uh, you could call that shadow work as well. That's really good. Um, shadow work, inner child work, same thing. And it's really good to go back and and work with um, the frightened child, um, which I also do as well. So, um, so how is this addictive? I mean, how can fear be addictive based on all this, uh, all this trauma? And um, you know, so what I suppose I want to say is the freeze is not addictive. That's the ultimate protective state of being. What can become addictive is the fight flight part of it. So the fight flight, this can become a pattern where we experience drama, not trauma, and it's the drama we begin to begin, we become addicted to. So drama is looking for something to become annoyed, annoyed by, uh, fearful of, uh, and then that releases the cortisol, the adrenaline around the body, which um, can make you feel alive. Uh, alert even and then that becomes something you feel is what um, is what living is all about you believe that that adrenaline that alert feeling is what living is all about your state of being so feeling something uh, feeling under pressure feeling stressed uh, that's what fight or flight is stress a stress response but we get used to it and when we don't feel when we don't feel it we think something's wrong and we can feel that being calm today is wrong and that we need to be on alert alert is your survival mode a temporary human response to danger real danger that you um are in threat of you know that's real danger not a work deadline or getting a, the dinner cooked on time or being late for something or something going wrong that's not real danger it feels like it but it's not it's not a state of physical danger however all these little stressy moments build up during the day and the week and we begin to believe that this is normal and that we move from one stressor to the other and this is now embedded into the subconscious so it will become so it'll easily be, you know, it'll continue and it will be triggered and you're going to fight or flight. And so everything can put you into fight or flight. You can be triggered by anything. Um, and in fact, that never, um, you know, that, that, that process, it will always be a belief and it's gone deep within and we never come out of it. So this is stress. This is cortisol. This is adrenaline. This is the drug, a drug. This is a feeling in your body. This is fear. This is addictive. This is what the body and your brain get addicted to. We become, we, we begin, I suppose we become to believe that we need this to function, to feel alive. And unfortunately, this can lead to other addictions, other substances or drugs and or alcohol. And that's what can drive us there. Um, when I became addicted to fear, I had no idea that's what was going on. I had no awareness of it. I mean, um, who would want to be addicted to fear? You don't necessarily, you know, choose it, but it was an unconscious doing. I was living in survival mode. I was always on alert, waiting for the next drama and being prepared or ready for it. Um, you know, in, in case something came, I'd be ready for it. And if it didn't come, 
I'd stand down and then get ready for the next day of drama. It's going to come tomorrow then. And I think that's what I was uh, doing. I was trying to be ready for it so I could cope or have an expectation that uh, all my life is about dealing with problems, issues. And when this becomes my belief, I'm unable to switch off. I'm unable to find peace. I'm unable to do anything positive or happy in my life. So I started to believe that I needed to be on alert that something was coming and that's the way that's just life that's just normal isn't it um so but relaxing didn't feel like the right thing to do you know so being addicted is not a good thing being addicted to fear which is stress uh, which was stress I was addicted to and was destroying me from the inside for sure you know so what's the impact of that fear then well exhaustion anxiety high anxiety general anxiety depression um living in fear living in survival mode never really relaxing so you know to relax uh, would be to be off guard and that means i'm not safe so to find safety in relaxing was almost impossible why would i relax where's you know i can't i have to be prepared for the next issue coming up I just couldn't do it. So I, I never felt safe really. And I thought I did, but it all, it was always there a bit like a, you know, a cat nap, a fox's sleep, always ready for the danger and affecting my sleep as well. So consider, I'd like you to consider if you are addicted to fear, you know, bring it into your awareness, look at your own behaviors, your feelings, think, look at how you manage your day. Um, Look at how you feel about your day and when you're looking at ahead of it, uh, how, you, how you are in it and at the end of it and how you feel about tomorrow. You know, I discovered distraction was a stress symptom for me and it is actually a stress symptom. Distraction is keeping busy so I don't come out of fear, out of stress mode. If I'm busy, my adrenaline's going, my cortisol's still there and I keep, the, you know, keep that flowing in my body as a protection mechanism. So most fight and flight fear is not real. We made it up. It's not uh, a real present danger, as I mentioned earlier. And so we worry about situations that may or may not happen. Um, and that is fear addiction. Okay. Keeping that adrenaline going, uh, keeping the adrenaline flowing. We fear things not working out. We fear addiction. Um, we fear losing things, losing people. Um, that's fear addiction. Uh, you know, what I'm explaining here is addiction, a, a constant fear a constant overthinking if you're experiencing losing someone you know currently due to illness and that course um is a time of fear and stress so i'm not trying to explain you know that is that is a a, a genuine aspect in your present moment that is causing that but if it's a thought of the future that you might actually lose someone and you keep thinking about that then that is fear addiction and, you know, that's not actually happening right now, then that is addiction. So I hope I explained that okay. Um, so how do we manage this addiction? Then that, I suppose that's really the, the, the aspect of it. First of all, you know, in everything, we need to be aware of it. So that's why I wanted to explain it, to bring it into your awareness. We need to be aware of it to in order to change anything that's the whole aspect of mindfulness you know we change from the inside out so we need to be aware of our behaviors to know and our feelings and not be frightened of going there again fear of addiction um uh you know fear addiction not fear of addiction so fear addiction in being frightened to go there because if i let this go what am i going to feel like if i stop doing this what do i replace it with 
And that's the problem there. So we have to consider replacing it with something. And a lot of, even myself and a lot of people I work to with on a one-to-one are really frightened of letting go of fear. I mean, even that statement is crazy for us, isn't it? Although we want it, we actually totally believe inside that we want it, but we're frightened of it because we don't know what it feels to not have it. And to feel calm and peaceful every day, like I said, can feel unsafe. In fact, that's our safest place to be because then we can work with feelings. So we need to know what we're doing, that we're doing it. How do we know that? Well, match your feelings to what is actually happening. Do, do Does it warrant the reaction? So what you're feeling, does it warrant what's actually happening now? Have you gone, you know, have you gone into worry land? Are you making up fears around a situation? So that means your fears, your feelings aren't matching what is actually happening. And so you might have gone off and, and made it up. That's that's when you know you're 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 in fear, you're you know, you're living in fear or you're addicted to creating that fear. Have you gone off into worry land, making up fear around that situation? So if so, we need to breathe at this point. Breathe, breathe breathe. I can't express that enough. This will switch off your fight flight. This is your body's built-in mechanism to cope, to bring you out of fear, out of adrenaline cortisol. Um, However, remember this is a state of being you're used to, so there will be much resistance because I know it's people think, oh, just breathe. Yeah, right. I've done that so many times. doesn't work. You know, how on earth is that going to happen? And I get it. I get it. It's like, I can't even be bothered to breathe. to be honest, been there myself, you know, and I've been in, and in, in, even now in my, all my years of practicing, when I get into that moment of starting to adrenaline, I thought, oh God, I'm going to have to breathe, you know, but that's because my mind doesn't want to take me out of fear. My mind's got, you know, it's taking me back to an old program. It's going, I'll look after you. Let's just stay in worry mode all day. I'm like, no. So I have to be strong enough from the inside out to go, right, let's breathe, let me calm down. And that calmness will start to tell the brain that everything's okay. So, you know, I understand that it's a state of being that we're used to, and there will be much resistance to coming out of it. That's what I'm trying to explain there. It's like giving up something you've always done. You know, if you've, if you've given up smoking or drinking alcohol or going on a diet or anything like that, you will have felt the resistance And that's it. The resistance that keeps you doing what you have been doing because it's because it becomes too challenging or too uncomfortable to change. And so it's easier to slip back in. And that's okay. We've all been there. But it's the consistency that will get you out of it. And so you have to stick with it and be consistent and then notice your body change. Notice the calmness. Notice that it's okay to be calm. Um, It's not a vulnerability. Uh, you know, we have to learn how to be calm and a calm being again and enjoy it, be comfortable with it. Yeah, we also need to do other preventative practices. So apart from in that moment when you're feeling a fear coming on, you can breathe, just keep breathing, focus on your breath. It will distract the brain from going into overthinking and fear. And that's a habit. You, we have to create a healthy habit. But we also need to support that with other preventative practices to reinforce it to help reduce it on a more permanent basis i say reduce not eradicate reduce okay um can't don't want to eradicate it even we need fear to to tune into our intuition to know something's not right 
but we need to use it in the right measures so we need other practices calming healthy habits maybe even look at reducing alcohol I did that I uh, and actually started to do that through my practice and that was creating anxiety especially the next day caffeine coffee reducing that um these create anxiety and create fear if taken too much other good practices healthy practices of course is exercise we know all this stuff you know and types of yoga all types of yoga breathing exercises um uh, meditation, calming hobbies, you know, if you've got a hobby that helps you to concentrate, something that makes you feel calm and teaches you to feel safe in that calmness and not to run away from it. You know, it takes time, like in most things we, we do, to be a healthy, a healthy well-being. It takes patience, diligence and commitment from yourself. However, all this will release release you from fear of addiction, you know, fear addiction, reduce our anxiety, our depression. It helps us be more peaceful and be less frightened of the future. Overall, giving us that ability to enjoy our life instead of fearing it. We have to put some work in. Can't all be done just by thinking about it. It takes practice. It takes some actual doing. So I suppose that's what I wanted to cover with this short podcast. You know, I hope this has given you a wise insight into fear and how we are addicted to it. Um, and feel free, you know, to share it with others if, others if you think it would help them. If you want to learn more about mindful practices, you can follow me on my uh, Facebook page, Wellbeing and I, or my um, page, web page, um, Wellbeing and I. You know, and uh, there's courses and things that I put up there and you can continue to listen to my brief explanations in my podcast or sign up for one of my courses, you know, see if that's of help to you or someone else's course or or read up on it. It's certainly, you know, it, there's so much information out there, um, but it's putting it into practice is the most important thing, um, embedding it, you know, and and making it part of your subconscious to change your life with it which is what I did and um, I still work with mindful practices I still read up on it I still go into more in-depth teachings with my with my clients um, in different levels and one-to-ones to keep moving through the life situations that present themselves or the past life situations that present themselves to help us move through and live in the present so I'll end it here and send love, light and blessings to you. I hope you enjoyed that uh, explanation there and to really just be more aware of yourself and notice what you're doing in order to change it. Don't change the outside, always change from within. Namaste.